Welcome to Flash Fiction from Giant's Reach by Steve Cook. Life here has been pretty hectic recently. Uh, I had a, a black belt grading a week ago, uh, which was successful, and I've been setting up for that for a while. Uh, we've had to go car shopping, and um, we've been doing all sorts of bits and pieces around the house and things like that. And uh, as a result, I haven't wanted to do any sort of long-term series bits of uh, flash fiction. Um, sometimes it's nice just to do uh, a, a scene or a moment out of someone's life, just kind of a, a character portrait or a, a, a scene portrait, a little bit of world building. This is a story like that. And I hope you enjoy it. If you are enjoying it, please play it to someone else. The best way I can spread the fiction I do is by word of mouth. Thanks very much. The Hunt Justine wheeled herself along the corridor, trailing her father in her wake. Justine, please, he puffed. Slow down. For a moment she looked back, feeling the challenge rise. But he looked genuinely tired. Old, in fact. The bags under his eyes were more pronounced these days, the grey in his hair a little less well disguised. She slowed the wheels of her chair with the palms of her hands, so that he could walk alongside her. Sorry, father, she said. It's fine. Now then, you've got everything you need. The young woman patted the quiver slung over the back of the chair and the pack fastened underneath. And the bow's already on ginger. Bedroll, rations, all sorted. Stop fretting. The corridor opened into the entranceway, the doors already open, and Justine rolled straight out and down the slope to the gravelled driveway. The wind immediately plucked at her hair and she swept it back out of her eyes. She dug a thin piece of leather out of one of the pockets in her woolen jacket and quickly tied it back revealing the shaven undercut. I'm not fretting, her father said, just making sure that you're prepared. He held a hand up as she shot him a look. And yes, I know this isn't your first time out there. Forgive an old man who cares about his daughter, hmm? She huffed a laugh and smiled. <laughs> I understand. Ginger trotted over, saddle already buckled around his chest. Another pack, larger, was slung behind the saddle and Justine's unstrung bow lay along the cat's length. His huge paws, each one the width of her body, made barely a crunch on the gravel as he came to lay next to her. Deftly, Justine transferred her own pack from under the chair onto Ginger's back and slung the quiver around her own shoulders. Then, summoning her strength, she hauled herself up and out of the chair and onto the saddle, laying across it widthways. Ginger leaned slightly to one side, allowing her to grab a handful of fur and turn so that she was sat upright. The leather of her trousers squeaked slightly against the firmness of the saddle. As soon as Justine was in place, Ginger stood up and flexed. See you in a couple of days, Justine called down. I love you, love you too, her father said, but Ginger was already bounding away. Justine just caught his last take care over the sound of the wind rushing in her ears, and then they were out of the gardens and away. Justine's blood sang with speed and freedom. Ginger's stride ate up the miles, minutes becoming hours, 
and the countryside changed from farmland to heather-coated scrubland. Reddish mountains played along the horizon in the far east and the thin grey line of the Great Wall to the north, but both were lost as Ginger took them down into a valley coated with a pine forest. His pace slowed to a trot and Justine unslung her bow from its holster, stringing it as she scanned the undergrowth. It was curved above and below the hand grip, no longer than her own torso and made of nut-brown wood. She ran her fingers lightly over its smoothness as they passed into the forest, Ginger's pace slowing to a hunting crawl. His ear flicked, whiskers forward, and Justine knocked an arrow, holding it loosely. Nothing moved. No sound that Justine could hear. And after a moment, Ginger shook his head. Needing no urging, he continued on. Underfoot, much of the ground was brown needles, the air thick with the smell of pine and mould. Northern campsite, Justine murmured, and Ginger nodded. He changed direction slightly, taking them around a thicket of brambles that clung on despite the larger trees. Justine fumbled a small handful of trail mix out of a pocket and tossed a few nuts into her mouth before settling into the hunt. For an hour or more there was almost no sound in the forest. Birdsong echoed oddly from time to time, and once a woodpecker's rattle sounded. But for the most part, only their own quiet breathing and the tiny crunch of Ginger's paws broke the tranquillity. His ear flicked again, and this time he swung his head around. Justine brought her bow up, eyes roving. It was a deer, only a fawn perhaps, russet head down as it cropped at the grass in a small clearing. Justine raised the bow, still not drawing the string back, as Ginger stalked closer. The deer looked up, around, and both cat and hunter froze. Justine's heart pounded so loudly that she was sure it could hear her. A moment passed, then another, and the deer went back to the grass. A pace closer, another. Ginger was low to the ground now, approaching from downwind and with long, exaggerated steps. Smoothly, slowly, Justine drew the bowstring back to her cheek. She drew in a breath, held it for a moment, then loosed the arrow and her breath at the same time. The arrow seemed to appear in the deer's neck, sending it bucking into the air, and in an instant Ginger was forward. His paw came up, but Justine's second arrow was quicker. This one sank into the deer's side and it tumbled over, muscle reflex sending it kicking. Ginger's swipe became a killing blow that put it out of its misery. Good, Justine said, letting the tension leak out of her. She relaxed, closed her eyes and ruffled Ginger's head fur. Good. The cat purred a response, then picked the deer up in his mouth. Justine breathed in deeply, satisfyingly, and unstrung her bow. Then she dug in her pack for some dried beef. Their kill, hanging loosely from his teeth, Ginger took them north and to their camp for the night. You've been listening to Flash Fiction written for my Patreon, Giant's Reach. If you'd like to become a supporter, go to patreon.com forward slash Giant's Reach, where you can find more fiction just like this, 